Hello, and welcome to the Colton and Joe Show episode. Oh, shoot, this is <laughs> bro. This always happens, especially. In, I always forget to do this. When once we get in the grunt, the groove, you know, the grind of the Colton and Joe Show, then I start to remember such things as this. Well, but welcome to the Colton and Joe Show episode 113. Back right. for the first time in quite a while. It was August. Let's see, what was it? I just told. It was August 22nd. The last time we posted an episode is now August 7th. So it has it's been a little over, uh, like, I think two weeks and a half at this point. So, um, you know, school started, and we just had a lot of stuff going on. And it was, it's tough to get everything ready. Summer homework, I, you know, I was, I had to grind out a lot of summer homework at the end of the of the summer. And my sister was going off to college, and I still have to get ready for school and sports and all. You know, we were all, we were all busy, a little busy, you know. Us, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the people on the younger side of the, the spectrum. We're definitely, you know, busier coming up to the end of the school year. And, I, you know, with that, we're just, we're just normal. We had a lot of stuff going on. We were unable to record the episodes and put them out as we would have, you know, wished. But now, we get, we, you, guys, you guys get to miss out on a lot of boring stuff because now we're coming into the NFL season, and it's what we're all waiting for at this point. You know, there's stuff, you know, we're starting to get into the routine a little bit more school. And let me tell you, I am looking forward just hanging out on Sunday and watching some NFL football, seeing my Pittsburgh Steelers back out on the field, hopefully with TJ Watt week one versus the Bills. Uh, you know, there's a lot of always, you know, always a lot of exciting matchups going on. And I am, I am ready for it. I am, I am very ready for it. Me too. Me too. Let me tell you what. Um, but, you know, we're getting back into the groove of things. Like you said, it's been a while. Um, and you know how we started all off. I, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, it's been a it's been a long while. So, uh, what what have you been up to since our last recording session? Yeah, um, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Wi-Fi was lagging out a little bit there. Um, what? Uh, so, it's been a while. It's been a while. What have you been up to since the last session? Okay. All right. My bad. My bad. So, so yeah, as I, as I mentioned, you know, that for, you know, oh, maybe two weeks ago, uh, I was, you know, grinding out summer homework, getting stuff ready for school, making sure everything was ready to go for that, you know, not fun stuff exactly. But once we got into the school, you know, stuff going on, it's just, you know, just working with it all, you know, waking up, you got the, the morning going on and only a little bit of homework. I have not had much homework yet. Because I, you know, this is only my second week of school, and today was the first day of the week, so I, I've only been in school five days in total so far. So it's it's been fine, you know. It's it's the junior years is widely regarded as the hardest year, and you know, it, a lot of the classes they have some some hard, challenging things, but we haven't gotten to the meat and potatoes just yet of that. So it's been fine. Um, I've had like a lot of cross, I've had a lot of cross country stuff going on. I had a meet today. Um, it was How did that go? All the way in Chartiers, Houston, which is very far away from where I live. We face, I was going to say, we face Chartiers, Houston. Yeah, so yeah, we had to drive like a long way to it. It was, it was not the most, you know, it was, it wasn't bad. And it's just, it was like a really boring, like the courses that we run are like normally pretty interesting. But it was just like a circle three times. It was, it was not, it was not my favorite meet. I did pretty good though. I almost had my personal best, but um, I'd missed it by a couple of seconds, so. And I, you know, I'm no, I am no running star to say the least. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm, you know, I was in, in competition for one of those top spots. I was, I finished 16th out of about like 40 people, I think. 
you know, so I was in the top half if I'm, you know, if my numbers are right, but you know, it's, it's, I've been working at it and, um, it's, it's been interesting, but <laughs> I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm, I'm starting to get pretty physically tired and, um, you know, got to keep trying to push through it and maybe, you know, develop a little bit more of a stretching routine or whatever. But I've been, I've been like, you know, not to toot my own horn, obviously not trying to do that. I've been losing like a lot of weight. Like I, I weighed myself and I've lost 30, I've lost 40 pounds since the last time I saw you, Colton. It's oh, like, geez. it's insane. I don't know where, I don't know like where, cause I, I feel like I look exactly the same. My clothes do feel a little bit better. I like, I have no idea. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Cause yeah, I was at, I don't know if you remember, I was at, there's a, a pretty local gym. I went there with like the day pass. Cause I want to, I want to get a membership there, but I went there with a buddy for a day pass to see what it was like. And I liked it there. It was really cool. But that's where I, that's where I weighed myself because the one at home here is all like is all screwy and it's it's always like it's all, it's all over the place. <laughs> so um, it was interesting. Yeah, you know, I I would say it's it's a nice gym. I want to go there. But you know, enough enough of my rambling on and on. How about you tell me how your uh, recent weeks have been? Um, they have been pretty solid. Um, this is our third week of school since school's been starting back up. So. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things here. You know, it's a it's an acclimation period, you could say. Um, just Labor Day weekend this weekend. Uh, we were up camping in West Virginia, having a good time. Um, you know, weekends are <laughs> we're getting back to the point where weekends are more important than they used to be. Um, just chilling out on the weekends. Uh, I think I, I made a trip a couple hours to to stay at my girlfriend's house for the weekend a couple or last week. Um, Obviously, time is getting more scarce now with with school being back in session, which kind of stinks. But ready for some football for sure. Um, you know, keeping up with everything NBA, free agencies, frenzies, and just been going on. Um, keeping up with that, you know, staying staying fit, trying to get in the gym a little bit, um, do everything I can, and just yeah, that's about that's about it. It hasn't been all that interesting of a of the past couple weeks but hey you know sometimes uh after a busy summer you know sometimes start the school year you just wind down a little bit can't complain so um can you hear me it's only pretty good with it so actually we should be able to hear you pretty good i i mean i was able to you know get some of what you were saying but um yeah I, you know i'm getting a haircut tomorrow i'm gonna get that first cut but you, you know life life is life is solid right at the moment you know where it is school has its pros and cons and um right now you see more of the pros and in two more weeks i'm gonna see a lot more of the cons <laughs> i know but you know i'm i fry i you know if you're listening to this podcast you're obviously very excited you know likely very excited for the nfl season coming up and um you know whatever your favorite team is we're all we're all rooting for it you know we're all happy for it but with that how about we get some of this what the last couple of news things that are going on in the nfl in the off season before the regular season starts yeah um we say the last couple news things there's a butt ton of them um so we're going to do what we kind of do when we have long news sections. We kind of group things together. So we're going to start off. we got three players that have been released 
Um, we'll start off with the lesser of the three, being uh, Will Greer, who was released by Carolina. Sad days. Um, he's, he's a product of West Virginia University, the college I plan on attending. Um, you know, he, he was drafted in the third round, high hopes. He was a Heisman candidate. And um, it's just, you know, not it wasn't working out in Carolina. P.J. Walker came from the XFL. And just, was it the XFL or was it the AAF that P.J. Walker came I, th- I thought it was the XFL, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, th- I think you're right, XFL. But he came from one of those smaller ones and uh, took Will Greer's spot as the backup. And uh, Greer did not make the 53-man roster. He was released beforehand. So um, he's on the open market. One that just happened today, uh, the New Orleans Saints have released running back Octavius Murray um, because reportedly they asked him to take a pay cut. He refused to take a pay cut, and they just ran out released him. Um, he's been one of the better backup running backs in football over the past couple of years, averaging about 4.5 yards per carry, like 7.7 yards per catch, I think, last season. Um, he obviously has just taken some of the workload off of Alvin Kamara, which is something that head coach Sean Payton has always been big on. Um, but, yeah, he got released, and then the last release is the biggest one. New England Patriots have released uh, quarterback Cam Newton. He was you know, obviously the former MVP with Carolina, came to uh, New England last year, was the starter last year, you know, kind of a shaky season, you know, a, an up-and-down kind of year for Cam Newton with obviously very, very little weapons um, on that team all year. And it was, But he was battling with, with Mac Jones, the rookie, all offseason, and I guess Belichick opted to go with the rookie, Mac Jones, and uh, just released Cam Newton. You know, there's no words why talk that, you know, Cam might have just wanted to be a starter. New England might just not want the pressure for Mac Jones to have, you know, a veteran back there, you know, wanting, like, hungry to take his place. Um, there's some rumors that it might be because Cam Newton's unvaccinated that, you know, still they might, you know that, that might have something to do with it. I'm not here to make any speculation as to why, but we know that Cam Newton is on the open market. Whether or not he's going to get signed by anyone, I'm not sure. He, you know, he could retire. He could wait until you know midseason when maybe a team is you know in need of a quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. But uh, three releases: Will Greer, Latavius Murray, Cam Newton. Yeah, um, you know a lot of those. I mean, just to be honest, Latavius Murray and Will Greer, I don't really care all that much. You know, I don't have the <clears throat> the attachment of, of Will, Greer, Will Greer that you do because I'm not a West Virginia football fan. Um, and Latavius Murray is just, you know, just another guy in the NFL, to be honest. But Cam, Cam Newton, that one kind of hits hard. That one that one makes me a little bit on the more sad side. As he was a player, you know, we watched growing up. His MVP season is iconic to all of us. And, um, you know, his charades have been funny in an, in an interesting part of the NFL. His style of play, his physical dominance, his, you know, tenacious passing and and uh, play style is, is, is something that will definitely be missed. I hope to see him on some team. You know, I, I think he's probably better than one of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. But at this point in the season, it's hard to to really see a lot of teams signing him, at least until, uh, you know, unless they need a backup or something. I just don't think he's going to be started this year. It's too late in the offseason programs and whatever, except for the Houston Texans. Houston Texans could definitely, like, you know, get him right now you're the one that you texted me about that earlier and you know i'm down for it but it's gonna be you're gonna be watching cam newton play like with uh, you know not uh, not a lot of help to say the least and um yeah it's a 
it, it's a sad situation with Kim Newton, but it's it's a little bit of an understandable one. You know, <clears throat> I probably I think I would have started him if I was you know, a, a coach. I probably would have started him over uh, Mac Jones just to be just to be honest. But you know, I'm not going to question. I'm not going to question the, the coaches, but I uh, it's it's tough. I think it's a lot of nostalgia for me, but. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I would I would have probably opted Cam Newton for at least the beginning of the season. But, you know, the way Mac Jones was playing preseason, I can't argue it. So, I would kind of agree with you there. Now, those are the releases we have. Now we're going to get into the sad stuff, um, the injuries. And there's a lot of them. Um, so, starting off. Travis Etienne um, suffered a serious foot injury that's going to end his season for Adam Chapter. Etienne, obviously a first-round rookie out of Clemson, running back uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's, you know, a lot of confusion surrounding the pick when it was made. You know, why would they go out and make a bad um, pick for Travis Etienne when they have James Robinson? There's a lot of stuff. Um, Etienne comes and they're like, you know, it's going to be split back. What's going to happen? Um, Etienne is going to be out for the season. So if you're a James Robinson fantasy owner, uh, you will be rejoicing currently, I guess. Um, but the Ravens, the Ravens here have a slew of injuries, um, starting with obviously the the toughest one that I'm sure you've all heard of by now. J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL and is out for the season officially. Uh, he tore that in a preseason game. He wasn't taking many snaps. You know, he took like like three snaps in the game, and on like the third snap tore his ACL and is now not going to be able to play this season. Immediately goes to Twitter and, and likes a photo of, uh, of like, or likes a tweet talking about, like, you should never play your starters in a preseason game. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But Dobbins, obviously, one of the more promising young running backs in the league. Really sad to see him go down, um, even though he is on a, on a Pittsburgh Steelers bitter rival with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's a good dude. A promising young player, one of the top young backs in the league, just a second-year player. Um, really solid yards per carry last year. Looked like he could really make a big step this year. Everybody thought he was a sleeper in fantasy leagues. Um, and then, to add insult to injury, we were, we were thinking, like, all right, Gus the bus. Gus Edwards is going to be the starter. Justice Hill is going to be backing him up. We'll, we'll be okay. And then Justice Hill tears his Achilles. Um <laughs> And he's also out for the season, so now it's it's Gus Edwards, and that led them to bring in some veteran guys, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, in for workouts. And you know, one of you know, we'll get to uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But two running backs out, and then um, a linebacker goes out as well. L.J. Ford, another starting linebacker, tore his ACL, and he's also out for the season. So you know, in just a span of like. Two weeks, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and L.J. Ford. All season-ending injuries for Baltimore. All, you know, really, really rough. Some impact players. And um, so that's really rough. And then more injuries. Joseph Osai, um, who was a first-round rookie, is, is going to be having knee surgery. He is a uh, Cincinnati Bengal. He's going to be having knee surgery this week, which is feared to be season-ending for him. Irv Smith Jr., Minnesota's tight end, um, is going to have meniscus surgery, which is going to end his season. Obviously, the, the Vikings moved off of their longtime tight end, Kyle Rudolph, in order to you know commit to the young gun, Irv Smith Jr. Now he's not even going to be able to play this season, which is really rough, which is going to lead them to bring in um, a different tight end, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, and lastly, 
we're just going to talk about some players that have been put on the uh, PUP, physically unable to play list, which means they're going to have to remain inactive until at least week seven. And that is Stephon Gilmore, um, former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore for the New England Patriots, and who I believe to be, you know, a top two, if not the best, offensive tackle in the NFL, David Bakhtiari, uh, for the Green Bay Packers. So those are both all-pro caliber guys, but we're not going to get to see them play till week seven. Um, Stephon Gilmore, obviously, we know the impact that he's able to have on that uh, New England defense. He's got, you know, J.C. Jackson there. They can hopefully move into that spot, and they ended up making a trade for another corner who we'll get to in a bit. Um, but Green Bay, this, this is rough for A-Rod. David Bakhtiari is his guy, as we all know. You know, they're really close friends. You know, left tackle and, and his quarterback, you know, but you, everybody knows the connection between those two. That's going to be rough, and what appears to be Aaron Rodgers last season with uh, Green Bay, it's just, you know, seven weeks without your star tackle. It's just, it, it's not what you want. So, in terms of injuries, out for the season, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, L.J. Ford, Irv Smith, and Joseph Osai. And then until week seven, Stephon Gilmore and David Bakhtiari. Yeah, you know, everyone's least favorite part of the NFL is injuries. No one likes to see them happen, especially when they're played as your own team. You know, stuff, um, probably one of the toughest ones, you know, I'm not, you know, not a lot of players that I was, you know, not, not my favorite players went down. But, you know, Travis Etienne, that was a player I was kind of interested to see. But, um, you know, there's still James Robinson in that offense, so it's not like they're suffering, you know, in no really large amount. You did just lose your first-round pick to an injury, though, which is tough. Um, you know, it's always, you know, injuries are – injuries stink. And, but there's no way to avoid them in the game of football. So, uh, you, uh, you know, prayers up to those guys. Hopefully they can have a speedy and safe recovery. We can see them sooner rather than later in uh yeah, it's tough, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so those are the injuries. Now we're going to get to some of the signings, the new signings. Um, we will go for – we'll start us off here with the – I guess we talked about um, the Ravens bringing in Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell uh, just for workouts. So they are actually signing Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad currently. Um, obviously, you know, they're, he's going to the practice squad now. Don't get, you know – too worried thinking that he's never going to come off the practice squad um really it's just a convenience thing he's going to be there for you know maybe a week they're going to you know work him out make sure that he's completely you know physically able to go and able to do everything and then they're going to sign him to the active roster um i don't know how the carriers are going to be split between him and gus edwards but to be completely honest if i you know I really don't think that, you know, I think if you're, you know, you have Gus Edwards in fantasy or something and you're, and you're worried about how the carriers are going to be split, really, I don't think it's going to affect Gus Edwards too much. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to really be splitting the carries. I think it's still going to be Gus Edwards kind of as the lead back. I don't see Le'Veon Bell coming in and making that much of an impact, but it will be definitely weird to see Le'Veon Bell in a Baltimore Ravens jersey. That's just um something that I... Something that I maybe yeah. hoped I would never see. Um, Minnesota is finalizing a deal to bring back Iverson Griffin. Um, Iverson Griffin obviously was a longtime Minnesota Viking beforehand. He he kind of bounced around Dow- to Dallas and then Detroit last season and is now looking to land back with Minnesota um, to pair up with Michael Pierce with Daniel Hunter on that defensive line. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons 
signing quarterback Josh Rosen. Um, they, you know, he ended up, I believe, playing a preseason game, playing their final preseason game for them. Rosen um, obviously asked to be released from San Francisco because he was not getting enough playing time. You know, he wasn't getting the experience he needed. So he signed with Atlanta. I believe he made their 53-man roster officially um, as Matt Schwab retired, so they didn't really have a backup quarterback in Atlanta. Um, Houston, the Houston Texans are going to be signing wide receiver Danny Amendola for one year, $2.5 million. Um, Obviously, we all know Danny Amendola as a New England Patriot. He uh, was just one of those one of the small white guys that Tom Brady turned into something special. Um, he went to Detroit and he you know he bounced around for a bit, but um, landing here in Houston with a really just a, a really really uh, Houston is just a cast full of misfits. You know what I mean? Tyron Taylor and then running backs David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram. Wide receivers Brandon Cooks, uh, Danny Amendola. Nico Collins, Kiki Kiki, like it's just really just a cast full of misfits in Houston offensively. Um, That it is. Say about that. Um, Vegas, Las Vegas is signing one of the bigger name free. Now we get to a couple of bigger name free agents. Um, The Raiders are signing linebacker KJ Wright to a one year deal. Obviously, um, he's been in Seattle for the past couple seasons. One of the more productive linebackers. Um, in football, K.J. Wright going to Vegas to pair with uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, Corey Littleton, in that linebacking core. Uh, San Francisco is just, you know, this just came out today. They're signing corner Josh Rose or Josh Norman, I'm sorry. Um, obviously, Josh Norman at one point was one of the best corners in football in Carolina. Um, you know, bounced around, went to Washington. You know, it didn't go that well. Was actually in Buffalo last season. Um, and now he's he's officially signed to San Francisco, as it looks like Richard Sherman's not going to be coming back to San Francisco and, you know, secondary help. So Josh Norman in San Francisco. And then the last signing we have is the, uh, the New Orleans Saints are signing uh, veteran corner Desmond Trufant. Trufant, obviously, the past couple seasons has spent with the Atlanta Falcons, um, was signed by the Chicago Bears early this offseason and then just released a couple days ago and very quickly picked up by the New Orleans Saints, who also are in need of some secondary help as they have Marshawn Lattimore as a corner, but they, you know, they they had to release Janoris Jenkins and they, you know, they, 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 they go out for that, for that another corner, a veteran guy that really knows the game, Desmond Trufant. So signings, um, Baltimore signs Le'Veon Bell, Minnesota signs Iverson Griffin, Atlanta, Josh Rosen, Houston gets Danny Amendola, Vegas gets KJ Wright, San Francisco gets Josh Norman. And New Orleans gets Desmond Trufant. Yeah, I mean, these are like some big names going around. Um, you know, some are going to have more impact than others. Obviously, the one that comes to mind for me is Le'Veon Bell. But you know, I'm I'm not sure what Le'Veon Bell's career is like. You know, is you know, I'm not sure what he can do at this point as far as you know, impact wise. I feel like he was kind of more on the lines of of Shady McCoy than you know. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to be taking a huge amount of uh, playing time and impact away from Gus Edwards and, and the rest of the core there, like you said. You know, and the rest of them, you know, Josh Rosen, that, that's, a, that's a sign in, a, you know, a sign in stash kind of, of deal there. And the rest of the guys, you know, those are just luxury signings, to be honest. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, they're not like, at this when you might sign them, like, later in the year, later in the offseason, and, you know, it, the impact for them will come later in the year than right now. But, you know, 
uh, you know, some of the some of the bigger names. It's interesting to see for sure. And you know, oh, you know, it, I say it's sad. It's a little bit disappointing to see Le'Veon Bell go. But Le'Veon Bell's cut high was with the Steelers long, long ago. So I don't, you know, I, I don't think he has any regard for for rivalries like that anymore. I don't think he's too worried about it. Just to be honest. Yeah. Um, so after the signings, we now get to the re-signings. Um, we have three big re-signings. They're all very, uh, very good re-signings. Carolina is re-signing Robbie Anderson for two years, $20.5 million. Anderson obviously had a breakout season last year, over 1,000 yards, being reunited with his old quarterback, Sam Darnold. Um, you know, just really broke out as more than just, you know, a hit or miss deep threat target last year. So he's back on a, on a two-year deal. Baltimore is re-signing Mark Andrews to a four-year deal worth $56 million, making the highest-paid tight end in the NFL currently. Um, obviously, he, ha- he has the most touchdown receptions of any tight end since 2019. He's just kind of been a red zone monster and Lamar Jackson's favorite target, you know, since he's been the starter. So, obviously, just you know, I believe he's a top-five tight end. Um, good to get him locked down there. And then Minnesota is re-signing their franchise safety. Harrison Smith to a four-year, $64 million deal. In all likelihood, that is going to make Tom Allen to retire as a Minnesota Viking. He's, you know, way up there in age. So, But I, I still think he's, you know, he's just still a very, very good safety. You know, Harry the Hitman, Harrison Smith. And he will probably be in Minnesota until his retirement at this point. So three re-signings, Robbie Anderson, Mark Andrews, and Harrison Smith. Yeah, um... You know, I, I'm I'm interested in the Mark Andrews one most particularly. It's so weird because I, I, you know, there's a conflicting reports that he was the highest paid tight end. He wasn't the highest paid tight end. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure. I don't think he. I don't think he is the best tight end in the NFL. So you know, I wouldn't pay him as such. But in this the same way, like um, it, it, tight end is a premium position, especially in today's NFL. There's not a lot of tight ends like Mark Andrews that is as good as him. I mean, you can have one of the top players of the positions. You know, you got you got to pay the big bucks to keep him around, especially when he is the number one receiving target on your team and it's kind of by like a wide margin. Um, Harrison Smith, well deserved, one of my one of my favorite players. Um, that you know, one of my players that I think are very underrated. I think Harrison Smith, you know, one of the top tier safeties still, even though he's a little bit out of his prime, he's still playing good. Um, his, you know, he's he's one of the better box safeties, and he's an, he's he's a player with a lot of impact, and um, so you know, they're for the most part like I don't have too many grievances with the resignings, you know, I I can rock with most of those. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so there are the resignings. Now we get to the trades. We're, there's so much stuff going on here, guys. There's a lot of trades actually that have gone on. So, uh, New England, uh. For, for starters, New England is trading running back Sony Michelle to the Rams for 2021 fifth and sixth round picks. Uh, Rams, obviously, Cam Akers went down for the season. He's going to be out for the year. Um, and Malcolm Brown was left for Miami. So, you know, they're, they're running back cores a little bit. Um, but it was a little bit looking a little thin. They trade for Sony Michelle, who is kind of seemed to be on the way out of, of New England after a breakout season from Damian Harris last year. Which that also kind of solidifies Damian Harris as the starter in New England, um, if that was uh, questioned before. Carolina Panthers are trading linebacker Denzel Perryman to the Las Vegas Raiders for a six-round pick. Denzel Perryman just signed with the Carolina Panthers this offseason and is already getting traded. Um, 
Vegas is just loading up on linebackers. You know what I mean? Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, uh, Nick Wachowski, KJ Wright. They're just loading up on linebackers currently. Um, and that's just the grand, the John Gruden style of football, I guess. Um, so Denzel Perryman goes to Vegas. Jacksonville Jaguars trade quarterback Gardner Minshew to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2022 sixth round pick. This is an interesting move. Um, I know there was like this big, you know, quote unquote quarterback competition between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence, and Minshew had all those funny quotes about, you know, he's not the number two guy or whatever. Uh, but we all knew Trevor Lawrence was number one, and I don't have a problem with, you know, if you want to go trade Gardner Minshew, but I'm just confused with the Eagles. Like, why do you trade for Gardner Minshew when you have Jalen Hurts? And obviously, Jalen Hurts is the starter. You know, I'm not questioning that, but your backup is Joe Flacco. So it's like, where does Gardner Minshew fit into this mix? I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if you, you know, you trade for him. It's like a long-term backup or, you know, what the deal is there. But, hey, whatever. Um, I, I alluded to New England trading for another corner. They did so. Baltimore traded trade Sean Wade to the New England Patriots. Wade was a fifth-round pick this season. Um, performed extremely well in, in the preseason, had one of the highest grades of any rookie in, in the preseason, um, and Sean Wade going to New England to play with Jason Jackson for the first seven weeks, and then, you know, probably be moved down to the cornerback three spot after that. Um, the Jets are trading tight end Chris Herndon to the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned this as well. As Eric Smith goes on for the year, they trade for another uh, solid tight end from the Jets, Chris Herndon. And lastly, Houston is trading Shaq Lawson to the New York Jets for a 2021 sixth-round pick. Um, Shaq Lawson, obviously, is a guy that's you know was was I believe Miami last year. Um, goes to Houston and now is being traded um, to the Jets for a sixth-round pick. So the Jets, you know, boosted their pass rush a little bit there. And those are all the trades we got. So, Sony Michelle to the Rams, Denzel Perryman to the Raiders, Gardner Minshew to the Eagles, Sean Wade to the Patriots, Chris Herndon to the Vikings, and Shaq Lawson to the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's, the, trades are always, the trades are always interesting. And, um, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of, you know, you, you just spit out a lot of trades for sure. And um, it's so interesting, the ones with um, – involving you know involving the quarterbacks and everything quarter but the quarterback value market is, is always so it's like it always intrigues me just a little bit um someone like of the caliber of uh of um like jalen hurts like i wonder what his trade value is but you know I, okay what was that from um i completely forget his name how do i do this every single time gardner Minshew, the the goat <laughs> um yeah gardner Minshew. like i i did I kind of thought his trade value might be a little bit higher, but you know, I, he's he, he was an undrafted guy. He's not, you know, no one expects him to really be a starter in that sort of situation. But he's a, he's a valuable backup plan in case, um, you know, the quarterback situation just goes haywire. And but it's weird. I'm not sure if I'd trade him if I was uh, with Trevor. You know, I feel like he really liked it in Jacksonville. He fit the vibe very well. Um, I feel like he was a good a good guy to stick around the locker room. You know, I feel like he's. He's a good personality, but he is going to be. I'm convinced he's going to be the next uh, Fitzmagic, though. It's just it's they're too similar for them not to have similar career paths. <laughs> just to be honest, um, but you know the, the trades are always. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't hear a lot of what you're saying, but 
the, the trades are the trades. <laughs> they are the trades. Um, so after the trades, we have officially um, with the season, I guess by the time you're hearing this, the season will, the kickoff game will be happening uh, the day after you hear this. But every team has officially um, named their starting quarterback. Finally, um, we have confirmation from all of these four teams that we were kind of questioning. Um, the Bears, it was between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Officially, Andy Dalton will be starting week one. Um, you know, they, they opted for the veteran over the rookie. In New Orleans, it was Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill. Uh, we all kind of knew this was going to happen. Jameis Winston gets the starting job. Um you know, Hill is just, you know, not really much of a franchise guy. Um, and t- Jameis Winston, you know, he he has the arm talent like no other. And, you know, it's just the decision-making is what it comes down to. And being mentored for a year under Drew Brees really uh, could have done wonders for Jameis. Uh, the Denver Broncos, I'm very happy with this one. Between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, the Broncos often to go with Teddy Bridgewater. My favorite QB in the league will be starting once again in Denver uh, here we go, Teddy. Teddy, two gloves, my main man. Um, and then in Houston was the other one. What's the deal in Houston? Um, is Deshaun Watson going to play? If not, is it Tyrod? Is it Davis Mills? Um, they opt to go with Tyrod Taylor as the week one starter in Houston, kind of confirming that uh, Deshaun Watson will be on their roster but will not play. So Andy Dalton, James Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and Tyrod Taylor all getting week one starts. How are we feeling? Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I we we, we mentioned. You know, we, we both like uh, Teddy Bridgewater. We like the stories, and um, we like the person. But I, I can't help but think they made the wrong decision when uh, deciding to start him over the you know the rest of the quarterbacks there. <laughs> um, you know, I just I just think he doesn't have the upside. The other guy, you know, that other people have. He's going to give you consistent quarterback play, and I guess that's what you want. A team that's that's very talented, a very talented team, very good defense. But I, I, you know, I feel like you could you could stick with other guys, and um, and I feel like you're getting like two weeks down the road, you can always bench him. Like you're not losing all that much whenever you make a a move like that. But I mean, it's just me. I get I get the point is that you want someone who's consistent, but um. It's not the the choice I would make. That's fair. Um, you know, I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, as you know, he's my favorite quarterback. But if I, I'm in the same boat, if I was in Denver, I probably would have started Drew Locke. Just you know, I liked what I saw from him in the preseason. It's just a thing, like you know, you're not gonna win. I don't think you're like gonna go win playoff games with Teddy Bridgewater at QB. It's just you know, take the upside, but. What are you going to do, right? So, And then lastly, the last piece of news we have here, some uh, retirement slash maybe retirement. So we're gonna, the, the first one is a definite retirement. Uh, defensive tackle Jarrell Casey is officially retiring after 10 seasons. Jarrell Casey spent most of his career in Tennessee, um, and then just this last season went to Denver, played like one game, and then was injured and out for the season. But obviously, he was so underrated. You know, he had like five pro bowl appearances, like three you're like five straight Pro Bowl appearances, like three All Pro teams. Joe Casey, mad underrated guy for the Titans for the past you know decade. So full respect to Joe Casey. And another one, Arizona Cardinals are placing Malcolm Butler on the reserve slash retired list. So it's not like an official thing where he's you know he's retired, but it's like 
he's it's looking like he's going to be retired. Malcolm Butler, obviously, um, you know Malcolm Butler from the greatest play in Super Bowl history, the goal line interception on the one yard line picked off by Malcolm Butler. Um, that's where you know him from. But obviously, he's been you know the number one, number two corner in in New England for a long, long time. Just last year, you know, he, he's been bouncing around the past couple of years. He was just signed to Arizona this offseason, and now they're putting him on the, on the retired list. So if this truly is it for Malcolm Butler, we thank you for everything you've given to the game of football, one of the craziest memories um, than any of us will ever have in terms of football. So, yeah, For sure, you know, have a good retirement to those guys. For sure, Drug Casey as a guy that I, um, I always kind of thought it was I – never, I never really respected him. For the player that he was, I wish I would have realized how good he was, uh, and would have respected that a little bit more. Whenever I was a younger football fan, but as I, you know, matured a little bit, I did realize that Jarrell Casey was a legit player, and um, you know, the defenses when he's on the field are a lot worse. I mean, defenses when he's on the field are a lot better than when they're not. You know, he's a, he's a big, he's a good player, and you know, he's been one of the better players of the decade, like you said. So. Well deserved retirement. He's made a lot of money and he can now enjoy it all. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And now we gotta say it. We're getting into the meat and potatoes of the episode finally. Um, NFC East, all NFC East team. We've done the all the AFC teams. We're moving to the NFC. We've got the NFC East here for you now. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Washington football team. And we're going to start us off here with the most important position in all of football, obviously, the quarterback. Um, four quarterbacks to choose from here. Um, Jalen Hurts, Jack Prescott, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones are your four starters. Um, and this was, you know, a very, very, very easy decision. The top ten quarterback, in my opinion, the only top ten quarterback in this division, in my opinion, Dak Prescott, is going to get the spot for me. Um I gave you the, his stats from two years ago because, obviously, he was hurt for the majority of last season. Um, he threw for 4,902 yards and 30 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Um, Dak is just – he's going to sling that ball, dude. He's going to sling the rock. He's got a, he's got a very solid throwing mechanic. Um, he's, a, he's a winner. You know what I mean? I, it's something that you can't measure. In, you can't measure this characteristic. You know, it's not a, a, an intangible – Dak Prescott's a winner. Um, obviously, when he was fully healthy, when he had his offensive line the first year, he was healthy. He was there, leads them as a rookie to 13 and three. It's like a fifth round pick, and just he's just a winner. You know, he's got a winning record. What, you know, it's been since Romo. It's, I mean, I guess since Romo, he's been the guy. But he's just been he's been the guy. When Dak Prescott's playing well, Dallas is playing well. When Dak Prescott's healthy, Dallas is a good team. And when he's not, Dallas is not. So that was a pretty pretty easy selection for me there uh Dak Prescott all AFC East quarterback yeah as it was for I um you know I'm I've no, not always been the uh the biggest of Dak Prescott fans but you know it's it's it is, it is adamant I mean it's not adamant it's obvious he has developed into quite the consistent player he's he makes right reads you know he, he's very effective in, in the scheme there with the weapons he takes advantage of Amara Cooper and CD Lamb and, um, you know, the whole squad, Zeke, Tony Pollard, a pretty good offensive line through the years. Um, so, yeah, definitely an obvious choice. 
Is it alright if we like hang up and try to call again? Because I can, like I can barely hear you at all. Yeah, that's fine. All right. All right. We 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 hit him with a little bit of the the hang up and call back action because I was I was getting a little bit annoying because now we're into the section where there's a little bit of discussion and stuff and and then you know I couldn't hear you too much so I we get a you know get the hang up the call back and now we're the connectivity is is a lot better and yes. um, so we we were we were just finishing up our quarterback talk. Dak Prescott is the unanimous all NFC East team for both of us. Uh, I guess it's not unanimous whenever uh, we both we both unanimous. pick it up. There's no voting, but they are they're both our he's both our choice. That's what I was trying to say. Unanimous, unanimous. Um, so running back now, the four starters in the division being uh, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, and Antonio Gibson, and I think for both of us, it should have came down to uh, one of two running backs, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. For me, you know, I I have my running backs. I've got my top ten running backs ranked out, um, and I knew that in, in mind, the guy that I just have just a little bit higher is uh, Saquon Barkley. Is going to be my all NFC East running back here from the Giants. The last healthy season we have of Saquon Barkley. He had uh, 217 attempts for 1,003 yards and 11 touchdowns and just looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is an absolute beast. And that's obviously the key of, of when he's able to be healthy just because when he's healthy, he's a top two, three running back in football, but he's never healthy. And that's just what it boils down to. You know, availability is a skill. We said it once, we said it a million times. But, you know, Zeke really, really, Ezekiel Elliott really struggled last season, especially with fumbles. He just, he was not holding on to the ball too well last season. You know, his yards per carry was down. Obviously, the offensive line was all banged up for the majority of last season, which, you know, I'm sure didn't help anything. But for me, Saquon Barkley is uh, my running back in the All-NFC East team. Yeah, this is another one we have the same. Um, it's, it's between Zeke and it's between Saquon. But honestly... I don't know if I'd pick either of them if I was going to pick a running back for my team. You know, they're, they're both paid a lot of money, and they're both... I've been a little bit inconsistent, but Saquon is really good. Saquon is is extremely talented. It's just the injury issues. He reminds me of, like, James Conner, but just way better. You know, James <laughs> Conner's obviously a player that I love. I love James Conner. I mean, he's one of my favorite players from my time at Pitt. Played with the Steelers, and he had one really good year. Um... But even then, he was suffering with injuries. And, um, but you know, Saquon Barkley is, is a stud when he's on the field. And he makes crazy plays, hurdles. You know, we, we, we played the Steelers week one, and he hurdled the guy on his week first week back. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. But then, you know, he, he gets hurt soon after, you know. Um, but, I mean, I, I like him more than Zeke. And, you know, there's there's other, like, you know, that's kind of, this is a good division for running backs with Miles Sanders and uh, Antoine. Antoine, uh, the, the Washington football team running back. <laughs> Antonio Gibson. Antonio, I said Antoine. Antonio Gibson. Um, yeah, it, it's a really stacked division, just to be honest. But you got to go You gotta go with the, the talented guy. You know, everyone's fan favorite, Saquon. Um, so that's a good choice. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. So three wide receivers, you know, we always kind of just give you our three here. There were different guys you could go for. Um, but for me, the number one wide receiver was obvious, Devontae Adams. Um, he put, or I'm sorry, Wait. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm, I'm looking at the right thing. My, my, my bad. 
There, there are a lot of different guys you could go with here. This, this division, there's like, we didn't, we did we we didn't include we this was when we said no rookies anyway, right? Uh, or did we do rookies? In the, I mean, I didn't, put a, a I didn't put a rookie in. I didn't rookies, rookie in. But yeah, we did do rookies in this. Okay. Yeah, sparingly. I, was, I didn't. I didn't. I was just. I did not put Devontae Smith in this list, but I was thinking about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the thought crossed my mind as I'm a big Devontae Smith guy, but anyway, my number one wide receiver is Amari Cooper. Um, he's. I think I had. I might have had him. I think I might have thrown him in my top ten receivers last year. Um, I think he might have been number ten. I think he was tenth on my top ten receivers last year. Um, Ninety-two receptions this year for one thousand one hundred fourteen yards and five touchdowns. Um, one of the best route runners in the entire NFL, if not the best route runner in the NFL. Mari Cooper, an absolute beast. And obviously, he still put up a thousand, you know, over a thousand, over eleven hundred yards a season with Andy Dalton. Just imagine, you know, if Dak Prescott was there for the whole season, how many yards Mark Cooper would have been putting up. Um, my wide receiver, two is a guy that I am a lot higher on than most, and that is uh, Scary Terry McLaurin. Uh, 87 receptions for 1,118 yards and four touchdowns there for Scary Terry. Obviously, um, you know, not the, not the greatest of quarterback play for the majority of last season. His numbers are going to look to improve probably with Ryan Fitzpatrick just because that's just kind of, you know, everybody's numbers kind of inflate with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's such a gunslinger. Uh, receivers stat lines definitely benefit from having Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. But Scary Terry is just a guy, you know, second. he was a second-year guy last season that, you know, put up 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. Just he, He's a very, very, very solid player with with really nobody around him at the time. And my wide receiver three, you know, there was between a few guys. I could have gone with Devontae Smith. I could have went with um, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. But I decided to go with a guy that's maybe a little bit more proven, though he, he missed a lot of the season with injury. Kenny Galladay is my wide receiver three. For the New York Giants, um, you know, he last full season we had, which was last season of him, he had put up 65 receptions for 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, just looked really, really good uh, last season when we were actually able to see him. But this season, obviously, um, he was out for the vast majority of the year, signed with the Giants um, early, early, early in the offseason, one of the first couple of days of the offseason. So, yeah. Well, three wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay. What are you feeling? How are your, who are your receivers? Pardon me? Who are your receivers? Oh, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's the exact same as you. Amari Cooper, okay, yeah. Terry, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay to turn up. Round out the core. Amari Cooper is the easy choice, as well as Scary Terry. They're both you know, super consistent, super talented wide receivers that um, are, you know, a part of <clears throat> very different offenses. But they're they're both top tier guys. Like Scary, I might be a little bit higher on Terry McLaurin than most. Um, he's he's just such a consistent guy, and I like I don't know. I don't like the debates with with him with like with him and DK Metcalf and like AJ Brown and whatever. And they're just so different. They're all so different. And they all have different skill sets that make yeah. them very talented receivers. But um, 
he's done the most with the least. I'm not going to say he, I would say he's the best, but he's done the most with the least. <laughs> um, okay, maybe he hasn't done the most, but he has done it with the least. He might, AJ Brown, yeah. you know, have done more, just to be honest. But, <laughs> um, and then it comes down to Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, you know, is, has been a stat monster in recent years. And he's, he's you know, a little bit, I don't know, off with injuries and whatever, but the talent's still there. And he's not, he doesn't play like a scrub whenever he's, you know, on the field after injuries and stuff. He's still out there making plays. He should, you know, he's playing with, with uh, Danny Dimes now. Hopefully, I really want that connection to work good. I'm not, I'm not sure I will, but I want it to. <laughs> Danny Dimes is a volatile player, but um, yeah, I'm a great mice think alike. Mari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay as my uh, three wide receivers on my my team. There you go. Uh, tight end. I thought this was a um, thing uh, with the tight end position. Obviously, for me, the the starters being. Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, Blake Jarwin, and Logan Thomas. For me, you know, I thought this was a pretty easy one for me. I went Dallas Goddard. I guess I could have thrown Zach Ertz in there just because he was – Zach Ertz was a starter last year, a top – you know, probably top three tight end last year. But he just – he was injured last season, and Dallas Goddard kind of just came in and replaced him. Um, Goddard is my all-NFC East tight end. He put up 46 receptions for 524 yards and three touchdowns this year despite – uh, despite injury throughout the year, Goddard, a young gun, um, just really a really good-looking young tight end. You know, I would probably put him in my I, – I, I mean, I have my top ten tight ends list, and he's in it. So I think Goddard I, – I really like Dallas Goddard, and, um, yeah, he's my tight end for the NFC East team. So. We have our first difference here of the team. I went with another tight end, a tight end I've grown to be quite a fan of, Logan Thomas of the Washington mm-hmm. football team. Yeah, man was an absolute stud last year, and he's playing with Alex Smith. Um, you know, Alex Smith is not. Oh, Alex Smith has been a, a serviceable QB, and he was last year. He led them to a quarterback. I mean, to the playoffs, and uh, you know, he won four games, as I projected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we got we got to bring it up. We got to bring it up. Oh uh, yeah, of course. But yeah, I I get your point. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a stud. And um, I just like Logan Thomas. I feel like his frame, he's so, he's so big and lanky. Like, I feel like he has the potential to be another, like a, one of the big name tight ends with Waller and Kittle and, and those guys. I don't, I don't know. I, I see something in Logan Thomas when I watch him play. He's just, he's just one of those dominant guys. Um, you know, there's, he's not, you know, I wouldn't say he's anywhere near that, that level of tight end play just yet. But I, I put him over Dallas Goddard. I never really understood the, the hype around Dallas Goddard. The stats are good. But I don't know. I, I, he's never been a guy that I was all too impressed with. Maybe I just haven't watched him play enough. But, um, yeah, Logan um, Thomas, it's, you, you know, that's preference, I guess, a little bit more. And maybe if I would watch a little bit more Dallas Goddard, I'd agree with you. But um, Logan Thomas is a guy I'm a little bit on the higher side of. I definitely – I wanted to draft him in fantasy, but he got picked, like, before him, and I'm not trying to draft the tight end as high as he was going either. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, he was like I think he was the tight end number one in fantasy last year. I'm not sure actually, but he might have been. Um, I don't, I doubt it. I don't. I mean, you know, Kelsey was a tight end one. I mean, I would you'd assume, but I, I'm not sure. But he, he, he was, was definitely Kelsey because Kelsey was like top. Kelsey was what second in the league in receiving yards. 
Maybe he was like number one tight end like in the last four weeks or something like that. That that would not surprise me because he did really ball out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm a, he's an, like him and like that Washington offense could get could get a little bit scary. I'm not I'm not going to make any official predict, predictions, but like it impresses me a little bit. They've kind of put together a squad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but. Now we get into the part where there's not as much explanation to it. Um, the offensive line. We don't have stats really to back to back up our offensive line, but we will do our best. So my two offensive tackles, we're gonna just kind of spit it all out. My two offensive tackles, um, Tyron Smith from Dallas and Lane Johnson from Philadelphia. My two offensive guards are Zach Martin from Dallas and Brandon Sheriff from Washington. And my center is Jason Kelsey from Philadelphia. So Tyron Smith, an older player, was injured a decent bit last season, but obviously one of the better tackles when one healthy. Same thing with Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson absolutely amazing in the running game. Um, Zach Martin obviously uh, is you know top three probably offensive lineman in the league still, even at his relatively old age there for Dallas. Brandon Sheriff is you know one of the better interior offensive linemen in football for Washington football team. They franchise tagged him the past couple of years. Um, and Jason Kelsey, you know, just one of the best centers in the past decade, really, um, down there in Philly. A really lovable guy. So, my offensive line, Tyron Smith, Lane Johnson, Zach Martin, Brandon Sheriff, and Jason Kelsey. So, um, well, I made this list a while ago, so I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a lot of the reasoning that I probably was expecting to spit out. Um when we when we made the episode, because we have a little bit of differences here. We both have Jason Kelsey at the center. Yeah, definitely the easy choice here. Is, but he's been a stud for a long time. Now his PFF grade is always good. I always go almost strictly by PFF, and I know it's I know it's not always right. But like for offensive line, like what else am I supposed to do? So um, so here for here we go a little bit different. Lane Johnson at O tackle, along with Samuel Cosme. Um, the other guy you picked from Dallas. Um, what's uh? Iron Smith. Tyron Smith, yeah, I remember. I do know. Remember, I, his PFF grade was like a little bit in the dumps last year. He was with he was with injuries and stuff. So I get I get it. But I, I threw in the, the Washington football team tackle Samuel Cosme. He was played pretty well. Um, he still he was the weakest member PFF grade wise, um, out of the whole squad here. The rest of that, um, Brandon Sheriff, I'll, us, um, also I also have Brandon Brooks, a guy for the Eagles, um who I had as the number one, stupidly had him as the number one offensive lineman in the NFL last, Jerry, I guess two off seasons ago, or when we first started the Colton and Joe show, I stupidly had him as the number one offensive lineman in the NFL. Obviously, <laughs> I, I should learn from my mistakes. It's a little bit different, but he's still a stud. Um, he's another guy, he's a lot of injuries uh, with those Eagles offensive linemen. And uh, I guess, you know, all, I guess the Eagles all around have been a pretty injury prone team. But you know, you know me. I'm always going on the, off the PFF grades for these offensive linemen. So I, res- I respect your opinions. And you know, Tyron Smith was a guy I really want to put on here because he's, you know, the Eagles. I mean, he's a part of that um, Dallas offensive line that was just like super good for like ever, <laughs> um, and it's broken yeah. up a little bit in in recent years. But yeah. No. So let me you recap this. So your offensive line is um, Samuel Cosme. Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Brandon Sheriff, and Jason Kelsey. Yes, sir, it is. Okay. Okay. 
we definitely have some differences there. Um, because I have, uh, obviously, I have all my positional top tens written here. Um, and Zach Martin definitely is uh, very, very high on my interior offensive lineman rank. I will say that. But I don't yeah, even so know. I, I have, uh, it was too long ago. I like, I, he probably will be. I mean, just to be honest, I just made, I just wrote this too long ago. I probably, may, I don't know if we were writing this off of like last year, because I know Zach Martin's is a stud. Like, Zach Martin's a, is, is clearly, you know, he's, a, it's not, everyone knows Zach Martin is a, a really good offensive lineman. So, yeah, yeah, it's fair. But, Defense. Defense time. We're going to start off with the two defensive line or interior defensive linemen, I guess. Um, so for me, my guys are the obvious choice here. Um, the guy that's just been one of the better defensive tackles over the past decade, Fletcher Cox for the Eagles. Uh, last season put up 41 tackles, six and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. And then my other guy, um, you know, there were some different people I could have put here. A lot of guys in Washington. You know, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, uh, Matt Ioannidis. But I decided to go with a guy that really broke out this year for the New York Giants, Leonard Williams. Um, 57 tackles on 11 and a half sacks. And the man went from like 0.5 sacks the season before to 11 and a half sacks here this year. Leonard Williams really balled out this year. And he's a lot younger than I expected. Like, I did not realize how young Leonard Williams was still. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a pretty... Good selection by me. So Fletcher Cox and Leonard Williams there. Yes, I do. I do agree with you having a good pick in Leonard Williams. I was under the impression he was an edge rusher, so I have him in my edge selection. Um, okay, that's, yeah, it's whatever. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's my bad. I mean, I I could have I asked you, but maybe I mean it's it's too long. I think you asked me like a week, like the week before, and then we. We ended up doing like a different team, like a different division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Or a different Either episode. Way. I think. I think that's what I think you asked me if he was an edge rusher, and I was like, "Wait, aren't we doing like our prediction, like our record predictions?" This uh, week? Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's always right. mixing. It's good. I could. Yeah. I. I could. I can send you like another one replacement for the Instagram post. So we can get it put together nicely. It's not that hard. Well, anyway, what I had, Fletcher Cox, the easy choice. And then Jonathan Allen, freshly paid man from Washington, an extremely talented defensive lineman who's um you know impressed a lot. And uh yeah, he was he was a bigger impact guy than I really thought. I didn't even know he was like much more than like just a, a you know, a good player. I like I didn't know he was like I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was like when he got paid, there was a lot of stuff that was coming out about how um, impressive he was. And, yeah, the, he was worth the money he was getting paid. So I, I maybe that impre- impressed upon me to um, to put him on this list. So, I, yeah, <laughs> I, he, Leonard Williams is better than him. But I was under the impression he was an edge rusher. I even have the mark down that he had 11 and a half sacks, too. Because I was like, I was like, I got him here. Like, Leonard Williams. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, that's a good pick. But um, it was. It was yeah, a good pick. That's Yes. <laughs> so we're, I guess we're going to have different edge rushers. Um, my two are Chase Young and Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Chase Young, the rookie, uh, rookie defensive rookie of the year, 44 tackles, seven and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. Looked absolutely stellar in his rookie season. Um, great, great, bright future ahead. A fringe top 10 edge rusher already as a rookie. Um, 
in Demarcus Lawrence, I have of the Dallas Cowboys, a guy that's just really been one of the better edge rushers of the past decade and just so underrated. Like people just do not realize how good Demarcus Lawrence is just because it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, the things that he does. Um, this season, he put up 58 tackles, six and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. Just does all the little things that you want from an edge rusher, a great person, a great player, um, and he has been for, for years and years. So my two edge rushers are Chase Young and Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, so I have, I have Chase Young as well, as you mentioned. Defensive Rookie of the Year, even through a short injury stint he had there, he was able to come back and um, put up a very impressive rookie campaign. And then, yeah, and then I had um, Leonard Williams there to, <laughs> to, to run out the edge, edge rushing core. Yeah, with 11 and a half sacks, absolutely broke out this year, as he said. See, on the Jets, he really wasn't like anything special, but he went to the Giants, and that's where he really started to take off. He was used a little bit more appropriately by Joe Judge, and he was just able to absolutely explode off the scene. So, yeah, it's all. I'll, I'll send you a, I'll send you a revised version for our, our publications. <laughs> I mean, we can just, I mean, we can still you just rock with it. We can rock with we'll it. Rock. I mean, it's not that big a deal. We'll just rock yeah, we can rock with it. I'm good. Um, linebackers. So two linebackers here for me. The first one. This is just a division. Like there were a lot of like. There were no, like, absolute stud linebackers, but, like, there were so many I could have picked from. You know what I mean? So, I my first linebacker, I ended up going with Blake Martinez of the Giants. An absolute tackle machine. Um, Always has been. This season had 151 to go with his three sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. Just always been just a really solid player wherever he goes. Blake Martinez is just... He does his thing. Um, and then... The second, or the second one, I was kind of between all three of the guys from Dallas, uh, the rookie Micah Parsons, Leighton Vander Ash, and Jalen Smith. Um, and I kind of went with a surprising pick. I went with the rookie, Micah Parsons, as my second linebacker. Uh, kind of an interesting one. I'm not a big Leighton Vander Ash fan, as you guys all know. Um, availability is a skill. I'm just not a fan of Leighton Vander Ash, and I can't really explain it that much. And Jalen Smith... Um, I thought going in that Jalen Smith had the clear edge over Leighton Van Der Esch to be the other starting inside linebacker, but he just kind of was letting him, kind of letting it slip out of his hands in training camp and in, and in uh, preseason. So it looks like Van Der Esch is going to be there, but Michael Parsons is the guy I gave it to. I think he's kind of just, I think if I had to you know, give a quick pick, I think he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year uh, this season coming out of Penn State. Just so, so, so talented, you know. But really, he only fell down to Dallas because of character concerns, mainly. Um, but he's he's so, so talented. One of the best, most more talented linebackers we've seen in years. So my two linebackers, Blake Martinez and Micah Parsons. Yeah, um, so I was along the same lines. you a little bit different. Um, I have said Blake Martinez. Everyone knows him as the tackle machine, as you said. He's... Yeah, he's like a really plug-and-place kind of guy. I feel like him and like Joe Schobert, you could put in like almost any defensive scheme, and they would be able to do a pretty good job. You know, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just that type of guy. Um, and then I actually I did end up going with Jalen Smith, although I mean I I probably could what could have been a little more up to date with my training camp information and whatever. He's just he, I was you know I was thought of him as such an all-around guy, really solid in coverage. He's good in the run. He's like you know he's good good against the run. And um, yeah, he's 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 been okay in the pass rush. I'm not, I you know, I wasn't really like looking up his sack numbers, but no one's ever talking about you know 
Jalen Smith has always seems like a guy who gets a lot of praise. And um, yeah, I definitely the rookie. I respect the Michael Parsons pick. He was it was between him because like, I'm I'm off Leighton Vanderash now. I used to think he was really pretty good, but with all the injuries and stuff, and then even when he played, he wasn't really that good. Like you know, that was before yeah. that he play. And like when he played, he was so good, but he just didn't get to play that much. But when, now when he plays, he's not that good, and he doesn't play that much either. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> off Leighton Vanderash, but um, it's fair. Jalen Smith, like it's fair. Like I, I, I do like your your Micah Parsons pick. And I think, I mean, he's he's definitely a, like one of the top names going into the um, defensive rookie of the year. Like standing, I guess right now, like I'm not sure. You know, there's Quiddy Quiddy Pay. I'm, I think I, Patrick I'm, Sertan will probably be in the race. Patrick Sir Patrick Sertan, yeah, you're right. He has a good preseason too. But yeah, yeah, but, good picks. A little bit different, but. Yeah, always good. Always nice. Um, <laughs> three corners. This is a division that's pretty good with corners. Um, the start. My my number one is a guy that really broke out this year for the New York Giants, James Bradbury. Um, he had 54 tackles, two forced fumbles, three interceptions, and 18 passes defended this season. An absolute beast. He's been around for a while in this league, but really, just he broke out this year. He was amazing in Joe Judge's scheme this year. One of the, in my opinion, a top 10 corner this season. Um, just was an absolute monster. My number two guy is a guy that maybe his stats didn't look as good as usual this season, but we know what he's capable of. We know what he's been capable of throughout his entire career. Darius Slay um, from Philadelphia. 59 tackles, one interception, and six passes defended only. But we, we, we know what this dude is capable of. Um, and then my third guy from the Washington football team, Kendall Fuller. Uh, 50 tackles, four interceptions, and 11 passes defended. I could have gone with his Washington football team teammate, uh, William Jackson, who was just recently signed. I could have gone with Dallas's uh, Trayvon Diggs, but I, I, I stuck with Kendall Fuller. So my three corners, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, and Kendall Fuller. Hey. So, <laughs> great minds think like boys. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, got, I got the same guys there. Darius Slay, he was kind of building into that Joe Hayden role from for us people in the AFC North. He's he's an older guy. He's he's aging, but he's still playing at a high level. And you know, he's really mentoring that the secondary. You know, it's a very young team in in uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit more in a rebuilding stage. But even James ba- James Bradbury, you know, he's did he, did he lead the league in pass the passes defended? Um, I think he was second. I believe Xavier Howard led the league. Okay, that's fair, but he, he was still second. Yeah, breakout year for him, and um, very impressive. Yeah, we we played the Giants. This year we played the Giants week one, and even you know he he made some some really great plays on like Juju Smith Schuster and you know Deontay Johnson, which you don't have to try. You can blow on him and have him drop the ball. But um, <laughs> then, yeah, I also had Kendall Fuller. You know, another one of those those veteran type players that you know he's really solid, and you you know you kind of you kind of know what you're getting with Kendall Fuller at this point, but he's um. He's been in the league for a while, and he's he's been solid for a while. So it's a good pick. You know, there's there's other options, but like, I feel like those we're we're along the the more clear cut side. Yeah, yeah. But I like you know we got some some olders and some youngers. You know, uh, James Bradbury is is an older guy. Darius Slay's kind of in the middle, and then and then Kendall Fuller is a relatively younger guy at 26. So it's just we we got kind of our mix of ages there with the corners. Um, and safeties is a weird one. Safeties is weird. Um, this division is like, 
there's so many safeties that are in consideration, but none of them are like amazing. So my first safety that I have is a guy that just recently signed to the NFC East this season, and that is Anthony Harris. Um, he signed from the Minnesota Vikings. He came to Philly. Um, he was, you know, Minnesota's. They they had the thing going with him and Harrison Smith, where Harrison Smith, Smith was kind of a box safety, while Anthony Harris was kind of doing the over the top work, kind of doing most of the coverage work. He had an amazing PFF grade last season. I put him like way too high on my top ten safeties list. Um, but yeah, he went to Philly this in this offseason, so he's going to be my number one safety. Um, and then my number two, it, you know, there were so many different guys I was thinking of. You know, the, from Philadelphia, from from New York, I was thinking of this player's teammates, Jabril Peppers, who I'm a big fan of, and even the rookie Xavier McKinney. But I ended up going with uh, Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan was a corner for most of his career, and this this season switched to safety um, after signing with the New York Giants. Ended up with 94 tackles, a sack, three forced fumbles, an interception, and nine passes defended. So statistically, just kind of doing everything all around the field. Um, Logan Ryan's had a really good season. I was really thinking about Jabril Peppers, who's a player that I've always just really loved. But I decided I was going to go with the, the new safety, Logan Ryan. Um, see, so, yeah, we both have Anthony Harris. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, he's been around the league long enough, you know. Yeah, he's 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 more of the the ball hawking type archetype safety, and yeah, he he was you know he's a little bit injured, but overall he's he's been a player that's been relatively good. He's he's easily on that list for me. Um, and as you mentioned, it's that's like almost up in the air. Yeah, this Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, um, but I ended up going with the Washington Ball Team safety when that was a top tier safety just a couple of years ago. Lynn I knew Cole. it. I knew that's who you were gonna do. I don't know why I knew it, but I knew you were gonna do him. You just know. You just know. It's you do this like, every once in a while. You're just like, yeah, I just knew you were gonna pick that one. You have no reason, but you just knew it. Maybe I'm <laughs> you maybe gotta be lying to you. I could be lying to you. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could be. I mean, I'm not. I I do believe you, Landon Collins. I mean, I've talked about him some, and he's maybe my football taste is. I'm I'm kind of stuck in like 2018. Like a lot of the stuff I like hasn't like really been <laughs> popular or like big since like 2018. And I'm just starting to realize that, like, there's so much random stuff. Everyone's just like, uh, that pe- people are starting to say I'm living in 2018, which is interesting. But um, <laughs> that would be, he had, like, a really big, good year. And, um, yeah, he ended up moving on. And he, he got injured. He, like, completely, um, like, tore, he, like, was injured for the year one year. And he might, he, I don't think he opted out. I don't think he did. But, you know, so. he, he's been... For me, I kind of thought he was he was out of the out of the high end playing days for Landon Collins, but upon further inspection, he was still playing at a relatively high level. His interception numbers have dipped off like a lot, but he's still mm-hmm. you know t- you know tackles. He's still involved in plays. He saw I mean he might have had three interceptions this year, which is not anything crazy, but you know it, it, I was I mean it's okay. I mean um, Logan Ryan and Joe Preppers were were definitely the closest guys. But I went with a little bit more of the the proven guys. I mean, yeah, Lynn and Logan Ryan is like neither of those guys are exactly like super young. Like they're not exactly uh, they're mm-hmm. they're veterans at this point. But um, yeah, they're I don't know, I, just, I just stuck with my preference there with landing landing calls. I need I should probably should have wrote down some stats there for that one. 
just that's to be fair. honest. But. It's fair. I mean, he's still he's a guy that like you know he's not playing at like his all pro first team level like he was in, in New York. But you know, if you watch Landon Collins and you you keep up with his game, you know he's you know he's not missing a beat. He's still a very good player. So yeah, it's just I think I I always feel like guys like that they play at such a high level and they're in a scheme that fits them so well. And they go to another team, and they're still a good player. They're just, the role that they were in just isn't as open as it was before. Like they can't, like he cannot play the same way he used to be because of limitations put on him in, like either personnel or the coaches just don't want him to play in that role because it doesn't fit the scheme as well. You know? Yeah. I don't know if that's true because I, you know, I'm not. I am no film expert. But that's how I always feel. Like, like I feel like Bud Dupree could go to Tennessee and be a scrub this year. Like, not not because Bud Dupree's a bad player. I just feel like in Pittsburgh, the scheme is very easy for linebackers to do good in, and you see it happen a lot. And James Harrison was, was a you know, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, if not the best, for so many years. You know, he won Defensive Player of the Year, and he went to Cincinnati and was nowhere near the level of player that he was in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. But Dupree's a you know first round pick for the Steelers, a guy that I watched playing a lot, and finally got to see him get into some double digit sack numbers. So I mean, I wanted it good, but I'm not. I would not bet on Bud Dupree having an insanely good year this year. Or um, I just feel like it happens like that. It's just a trend that I I see. I don't know. It could not be a trend at all, but I feel like That's a lot fair. of players go to. New, I feel like a lot of players go to a new team and immediately regress. Yeah, uh, you definitely see that sometimes, for sure, for sure. But that yeah is going to round out our all NFC East team. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Agree or disagree? Uh, I always put that on the. I frequently put that on the Instagram caption. Agree or disagree? Hmm. I, I appreciate it. Um. You know, always doing good work on the Instagrams. But now, I don't know. Okay, I talked to Colton about it. We got the we got the new laptop, and Colton and Joe show quality production is back. You guys should expect it to for it to sound a little bit better, maybe a little bit more clear, maybe a little bit less um of the long breaks in between. You know, it's 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 good. It's good good days, and that's it's back to <laughs> and it's it's back to how it was. Hopefully, it all works yes. well. Um, I'm definitely being careful, though. I don't not. I the thing is, I just figured out you can. The whole problem with it, with it, the, um, I use Audacity to do it. I don't know if you guys have heard of Audacity. It's just a free, it's a op- free open source, um, like audio editing thing. It's like it's like Photoshop, but mm-hmm. for audio, and it's it's free. It's it's like a it's a community made project. It's 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 like a very legit thing. Like there's all it's a it's very popular and a lot of people mm-hmm. use it because it's really good and yeah it's free. Um, but the only problem is it can only use certain like file types. So like MP3s or like I don't know like a I don't even know many others. <laughs> I always use MP3. But um, if you install, it's called the FME library or something. It, it you can follow the directions on there and then you can put MP4s on there and that's going to save me. A lot of like that's gonna save me a lot of time, and I'm so if I can figure out, if I can figure out how to work it, it should take like four minutes uh, according yeah. to the directions. Um, so Sweet. I'm I'm happy about that. You know, I should save yeah. some time, and that way I don't have to get a 
program because I'm not like I'm not trying to spend money on it on like a program or anything um, to convert yeah. it. There's like file converters and stuff, and you can convert files on the internet. But then it takes like just like on a website, you can like upload a file, convert it, and then re-download it. But it takes like six hours. It like takes forever. <laughs> oh, file on the internet like that's what i did for the first couple of episodes and that's why i stunk so bad and so i was just like you know who cares like i was gonna do it but i'm not i'm trying to keep this one nice and i'm not trying to get any sketchy stuff on the computer which i don't like i don't think the program was bad i was like checked it and looked it up and it's the same one like i was used but i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna yeah i don't think it's fair but that's fair at least not for now especially if the thing works like the the plugin or whatever it's called the library yeah I do the creative work around here. Joe does all the technical work. Joe yeah, does I mean, the complicated a little bit. stuff. I just make pictures. <laughs> and you do a good job. It's, 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 you know, I, I, I say bum me out in a very mild term. It doesn't really bum me out. But it's interesting how I, like, I always thought, I kind of thought, um, you know, I, I ran that Steeler Instagram account for a long time, and it's on and off. Like, I, st- I still post on there, like, on occasion, but it's very small on occasion. And that's like, yeah, that's something I did for a really long time. And you like do it. You make graphics like way better than I ever did. And I like I saw the app you use. Like you, you know, it's it's a good app. I this I tried really have tried to use it. Um, because so I was like that's very useful. I can use that myself. But it's it's way different on Android. It's not nice at all. It's like really yeah. useless. <laughs> um, so you know I'm like good job. Like I'm I'm all for it. And um. Thank you. Like, thank it's you. not the thing is, the, doing the stuff that I do is not hard at all. It was just hard to figure out. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was really hard the first couple episodes to figure out what to actually do. And the whole thing with like podcast hosting platforms, I had no idea what those were. And um, figuring out just how to like do any of it because I just didn't know what it was at all. Like, it would have been, it was, it was hard and it, it was a lot of late nights. But, you know, mm-hmm. what else were we doing? It was in the middle of, of, you know, back when the COVID was in full force and no school, really. And yeah. I didn't do much other than <laughs> I didn't do much other than sit around and watch like Disney Plus all day and whatever. So it was true. It was interesting. <laughs> and it, it got me working a little bit. And, you know, now we have this really good hobby and we're running it back now. Um, Per usual, you know, hit us up the Instagram with if you have any episode ideas. We're always down to like um, listen to those and do the best. We're going to be grinding out episodes here because we we want to get our we want well we only have to grind out one episode so quote grind out. We just want to yeah. make sure we get our record predictions done. You know, so we're not get caught cheating. We I mean we can do that like whenever. Um, but it is it's it's really not that bad. It's only midnight right now, and um, so you know any parting words, Colton? Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go over, uh, we were talking a little bit before, just about the formatting of, of, uh, how we're oh, gonna yeah. do things this yeah, upcoming season. Let us know if you have any suggestions for that. We're, we're kind of thinking, because last season what we did, on um, we would, our first recording episode, our, on Mondays we would do, um, kind of, we would give our, um, prediction for the season, for, or prediction for the, every game of the next week. Wednesdays. Um, we would, you know, a lot of times do just like a random series episode or something. And then Fridays we would do um, an analysis of like all the games um, from the previous week. And I just, you know, we, we both kind of agreed that 
it got really re- repetitive. It got really just melodic, and it wasn't it, it wasn't very good. Um, it was just you know it, it was we're getting kind of just into the same old routine, and it wasn't all that interesting. So we're looking for kind of a different format. We're going to do things that we like the whole like top performers idea. We're discussing, you know, potentially we just go over the games and then we kind of give our we give like a little group of like offensive players of the week, defensive players of the week, rookies of the week or something like something like that. So we're just kind of brainstorming things like that. And then we can do that. And then, you know, maybe just random series or there's other things you guys want to see as a weekly thing. Um, we're just kind of brainstorming things of how the the season is going to be is going to be in terms of, you know, episodes for us. So let us know if you have any suggestions there. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the Instagram DMs, we, we are not too famous to look at your Instagram DMs. Unlike Eli Rogers, after all the attempts we've made, he, he looked at, he looked at, he looked, he looked at our DMs finally, after all this time, he even liked a message or two. Wait, and, he liked uh, a message? Oh. Yeah, he like, like I he liked, say, I like tagged him on, I tagged him yeah. on a story and he liked it. Um, that's cool. Cause I was gonna say a lot of times if you just like it'll just say seen even if they haven't seen it if it's been like a long time since you did it. But if like no, nah, he liked it. Yeah, yeah. If you if he likes it, obviously then. <laughs> so yeah, I saw that and I I hit him with the so when you coming on the show, and um he left us on a, he left us on scene again. Uh, no, we didn't even get a like on that one. So, you know, it's fair it's because I, I'm assuming I, I'm assuming that's not nor- the normal, customary um, way to get media opportunities like that is not through Instagram DMs. <laughs> um, no, so it's fair. It's, it's Eli, a way. It is a way, definitely. But you know, a lot of people have like booking agents and whatever. Like, I mean, that's that's interesting. Like, age, like. You have a person that'll just um, get you hooked up with like big names, or whatever. That's what Pat McAfee does. Like he just has like a I don't know if it's really a booking agent or what. It's, I don't know what he really calls it, but he just has, they just talk to like players, agents, and stuff, and they can come on. But that's also like a Pat McAfee almost is to the point where he's like an actual member of like the media. He's yeah. he's an untraditional member of the media, but he is to the point where he's almost like a member of the media. Yeah, so that's true. It's different for us. Like I was I was hoping yeah Rogers would because that'd be so cool. And he is a player, you know, like we really like, we remember the one year where he was so good and uh-huh. yeah, they went a little bit downhill from there. And I get it. Like he's trying to get back in the league. So I, yeah, maybe yeah, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. I'm a little bit upset, but I'm not too upset. <laughs> yeah. We can still um, hold out some hope. We can still hold out. I'll continue tagging him and everything involving him. Sweet. And <laughs> So, um, but yeah, with that, I guess any further parting words? No further parting words. So, I guess we'll end right here um, from us here at the Golden Joe Show. You know how we got to do it. We are Eason. <laughs>